welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Megan and I am one of the children's librarians here at the library. Today I have with me here um, a very special guest, author Barbara D. She is the author of 13 middle grade novels for children and her 13th book is Stephen Jacob Saves the Planet and um, there is so much to discuss in this wonderful book about um, the environmental crisis um, that we face and the anxiety behind it and what we can do um, to make this world a better place. So um, I'm so excited to get, you know, to speak with you about this book because I think it's, it's a very important book today. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. So um, Haven is quite a remarkable character in that um, she cares so much about the environment and she wants everyone to know about it. She's such a strong, I think, role model and female character. Um, how did you get the inspiration behind Haven's character? Well, I talked to a lot of kids, um, especially middle schoolers, and I'm, I've been struck by how passionate they are about this topic and how worried they are about the climate crisis and how angry they feel sometimes that grownups aren't taking action which will affect their world when they're adults. So they, a lot of kids feel frustrated and worried and angry and eager to do something. But, you know, what can a seventh grader do? What can a seventh grader actually accomplish? It feels like an overwhelming problem and it's on such a great scale. It's on a global scale. I didn't want to you know, have kids just do a bake sale or, you know, sign a petition, which are, you know, the sort of obvious things that middle schoolers do when they want to become activists. I wanted to deal with a kid who genuinely wants to make an impact on the world in a way that makes some, some real sense, some real, you know, that, 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 that will actually mean something. Um, So, I didn't want to write about a kid who was just, you know, biting her nails and cowering in the corner. I felt like that would not be a fun thing for kids to read and it would get old, you know, by the 20th page. So I made Haven into a kid who is intensely aware of the climate crisis and feels as if she wants to do something, but understands that, you know, her options are limited. And so she has to figure out a way as a seventh grader to make a real difference. And that's, you know, quite, quite a challenge. Yeah, it's such a challenge. And I mean, um, Haven is um, learning about a lot of this. Like we learned she's researching a lot on her phone, like, you know, so-called doom scrolling. And it becomes so overwhelming with this technology connection that children have because kids in seventh grade, they have cell phones. Now they have access to computers. Like, more than ever before. So I think that that was great that we saw that connection to technology in the book and how that could be, you know, a delicate balance between so much information overload. But I think Haven also took that in stride and um, she was able to learn all this, you know, to um, more information and look things up. So 
it's definitely yeah. a mixed bag for her because as you're you're right you know on the one hand she gets a lot of information which can you know help her feel connected to the issue on the other hand um she is doom scrolling she is reading her phone in the middle of the night and she is freaking out um she locks herself in the bathroom at school and and reads her phone instead of going to class and you know it it it, it actually becomes part of her anxiety so it, it is a mixed bag but it, i think it's a realistic issue it, it a lot of kids are you know overly focused on their phones and the, their computers and and we need to be aware of the fact that kids are aware of all this stuff not just the climate crisis but a lot of stuff that you know may be uncomfortable for us to discuss with them kids have access to this information the you know the, the cat is out of the bag <laughs> we can't pretend that kids aren't aren't aware of this stuff and the best way to deal with their anxiety about it i think is to talk about it and one of the best ways to talk to kids about stuff that they're anxious about is to give them a book and to discuss the characters in the book and the choices that they make and you know i think that's a great way to to spark conversation and you did that so well. I mean, and I think the point of that kids feel anxious about things like we've seen books that address anxiety, but this is addressing it in a different way. I feel like it's a hyper aware version of like, I really feel like I'm seeing through Haven's eyes. Like these are like behaviors of anxiety. They're going on. There's something different than saying a character's anxious and actually showing it. And I feel like you did that so well. And replace anything, even replace the climate crisis for something else. This would be a successful book because you just do that so beautifully. I mean, you even see through her friends, like her brother, her older brother is like, you know, so much different than her, I feel like. And it's okay to be different than from your siblings too. And I think that that was an important point also. And to be, think differently than your friends because you know, sometimes we do need to like make our friends aware of our concerns and anxieties too. And I think that like, if we can all join together, that makes things, makes us feel better instead of feeling like we're alone, you know, and that's an important point too. Well, one of the things that I was interested in doing in this book is not having it be just one track about a kid's anxiety about the climate crisis. I wanted to show Haven dealing with all kinds of dislocations, all kinds of change and volatility and instability in her world. So she's also dealing with friendship issues and she's dealing with sibling issues um, because for many middle schoolers, you know, their social world is as important as anything else going on. And their social world can be extremely volatile and, and unstable. So just as, she feels her, the ice melting underneath the feet of penguins in the Antarctic and freaks out about that. She also feels like her world, her, her social world, her even her family world is unstable. So she's dealing with these two things at the same time. And she has to figure out a way to sort of make both of those things work for her. And I think she does ultimately. She does. And I think that she um, has some you know, as you said, conflict with some her family members, like, and one of the issues in the book addresses, you know, a concern, you know, it affects one of her family members, like, you know, how does she respond to that? Because they're her family, like, 
Right. How does she think differently about it? And how does she also leave her anxiety? Like what's the way to do something like, you know, in a peaceful way, you know, where you're not, it's not in like an antagonistic way. It's just making people more aware of what's going on. And because we all are in a community and, you know, what we do affects others. So. And she makes, she makes some wrong choices. It's always important to me when I'm writing about um, kids in this age group, not to make them too perfect, to allow them to make mistakes, to allow them to be impulsive and grumpy and moody and silly, um, to, to get things wrong, you know, about people as well as about topics. I just think that makes, you know, these books much more realistic and much more relatable to middle schoolers. You know, I don't want to write books about kids who are um, adorable and, and happy all the time. And, you know, um, adults who are perfect and always understanding and patient. <laughs> I want, I want my characters to seem like real people. No, it, it definitely felt that way. I felt like Haven could have been like, you know, a kid that was so, you know, into a cause, you know, so, you know, and, you know, she definitely, she makes mistakes. Like she definitely, I feel like to her friends, I feel like she loses patience with them and, you know, with her family members at times. And, and it's, it's so hard when you feel so strongly about something. And I feel like you got that right. Like, you know, if you're a kid, if you're an adult, sometimes you don't see past like your own view of it. And you have to realize like, no matter, you know, how important a cause and how you feel like sometimes these things take time and you really need to do your research and find out what's going on before you act. And I think that we can all kind of relate to Haven. Like sometimes we think too impulsively about things when that's not <laughs> been the reality of how things are. So I think, you know, that that's very important because you don't want, you know, it could have been nice if she was just the book, like, oh, I have this cause, you know, I care about the environment. There's something going on in the town and everything is perfect and everyone reacts well. And they're all like, oh yeah, we definitely like, there's something going on. Let's do this. And that's the end of the book. Like everything is resolved, but that's not the way that's not the way I write books. <laughs> All of my books are about kids struggling and making mistakes and, you know, making wrong choices and getting angry at the wrong people and misunderstanding people. And ultimately what all of my books are about is kids figuring out that the world is not black and white. It's much more complicated than they thought initially. And so eventually they learn not to be so judgmental about issues and about people. I think that's really a common thread in my books. Yeah. And it's so important. And you always, it seems like you have so much, you know, research behind your books. Like there's a lot of, you know, peppered in facts about, you know, different things. Um, how did you go about researching for this book? I did a lot of research for Haven Jacobs. Um, I read a lot but I also interviewed um, several middle school science teachers who did stream studies with their students, a high school teacher, and a college professor. And not only did they share with me how they conducted stream studies with their students, but they also told me how students behave when they're doing these stream studies. And I used a lot of that in the book, you know, stuff about, you know, kids splashing each other and um, <laughs> the, the, the drama that happens when kids have to pair up on, on these stream studies and, you know, work together. It was very important that, you know, I, I present this 
scientific information, but in a dramatic way, you know, so that it feels like it's organic to the plot of the book and, and kids aren't going to just skip over those pages, you know? So it was hard. It was, it was definitely hard to incorporate all the research that I did into a, a novel that can be read by any kid, not just a sciencey kind of kid. And I feel like kids that don't read traditional books will really enjoy this book a lot because they love reading about facts. Like whenever I see in the library, like kids love reading about different scientific facts and, you know, so they'll love that that's in the book. They'll be like, wow, I didn't know I can learn about, you know, these facts and it's in a fiction book. Like these characters aren't real people, but you still incorporated the facts that seamless, you know, that the kids would, you know, be like, wow, I felt like I learned something in a fun way. And it doesn't always yeah. have to be in my classroom. Like, as I was reading this book, I thought of so many different ways. Like it, when you said that you got research from teachers, I was like, lesson plans, like a teacher reading this book can even like consider taking some of the things from the story and incorporating them into lessons. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for that, you know. I and, hope so. Yeah. And, and I, and I, um, wanted the teachers in the book to be heroes. There's a science teacher who's a hero and there's a social studies teacher who's a hero in a very different way. She's the one who gets um, Haven to focus on something local and specific as a way of dealing with her broad um, climate crisis anxiety. She tells her, keep it simple, you know, focus on something right in front of you. And that's how Haven becomes obsessed with the local river, which she thinks is polluted. And her science teacher is, is more, you know, pure science, but she idolizes both of them and they both really come through for her in a very personal way. So, you know, in a way, the teachers are, are the heroes of this book. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, as teachers are, you know, to children, um, as they should be good teachers, you know, you know, teaching, you know, relevant information, but also doing it in a caring, you know, way and yeah. um, that gets it through to the children and makes it in a fun, I think, too, you know, a fun way to, to learn about these important issues and, and things going on. Um, did you have a favorite um, character? Because there's so many, like, good characters in the story, like one that was your favorite to write? Oh, that's a great question. I really liked Miss um, Packer, the social studies teacher. I thought she was extremely mm. cool. Yeah. Um, I liked Heaven's obnoxious brother, yeah. <laughs> Carter. He was horrible to her at the beginning. He, he was really teasing yeah. her and he really gave her a hard time. But I, I wanted to show, again, a real family. You know, it's a lot of times when you're a 12 year old girl and you've got a big brother, he can be kind of, he can tease, he can be kind of horrible to you. Yeah. Um, but over the course of the book, the two siblings realize that this is a passion um, about the environment that they share and they come together over it. And I think their relationship grows in a very healthy way. Um, so I wanted to show that, you know, there's, there's different kinds of change um, change in the climate is not necessarily a good thing, but, but relationships can change and they can change for the better. And, and I think um, that's one of the ways that the book has a happy ending. Yeah, I enjoyed that relationship, how it changed through the course of the book. That was very satisfying to see that change. Cause I remember thinking when I was first reading, like, yeah, he really is hard. Like he's not giving her a chance <laughs> to really say anything here, but you know, um, that's what happens, you know, with siblings, you have different conflicts 
and things that happen, you're not always going to be best friends all the time. And, and that's okay. Right. And it's good to show kids that, that, that that's a legitimate way how to feel, you know, and, um, yeah, and, so. you know, Haven comes into her own um, and, and she learns how to advocate for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another theme that I come back to a lot in my books, like learning how to stand up for yourself, especially girls need to learn that. And, and Haven, you know, at first is not really able to confront her brother and stand up for herself. But over the course of the book, just as she's able to get over her fear of public speaking, she's also able to advocate for herself with her brother. Yes, that was so important, you know, to the story and, you know, oh, I love these characters. It was just, you know, so nice to read, you know, how things change. Like, and you said the climate, I like how you, you mentioned like the climate change. It's not just the climate, like the outside climate, the climate within your relationships, you know, how that changes. So that, that was so great. Um, How do you go about writing um, your stories? Um, Do you start at the beginning, the end? How does it, Oh, I always, I always start at the beginning. Um, I, I'm not the kind of writer who can just write the middle and then work backwards. Um, I have to go page by page. For some of my books, I have written out a fairly detailed synopsis beforehand and used it as a roadmap. Um, and that can be quite helpful because um, for me, plot is, is hard sometimes. So it's good to work out the plot beforehand and just focus on the characters and and the writing. But for this book, I didn't. I just went um, feeling my way through it page by page. And um, I didn't really have, I had a a brief skeletal kind of outline, but not really an in-depth one. There's so much good information in this book about how, you know, kids can learn more about their environment. Where, what do you recommend that um, kids reading this book or you know, other people reading this book go to? Like, is there a good like website or place they can get information that kind of be a companion to the book? The River Keepers site is one that I would suggest, I guess. Um, that's the people who are um, looking to save the Hudson River. Oh, they, ha- they do some really wonderful work and I did check that site out. Um, as part of my initial research. So I would suggest that, but there, there, I'm sure there are other ones too, and I should get a list. Yeah, I feel like I definitely readers might be looking for that. Like, even if you put it on your website, because I really feel like this book inspires you to really feel like more, you know, active about caring about the environment. I think, you know, and it's especially important when you tell it, you know, through character's perspective and you're not just giving people like just factual information it makes it so like disassociative you know and I I feel like you know that's definitely something I was just something I was looking for maybe like after the book like you know and just different ways that you can help because yeah you really do feel inspired from the story that's great (laughs) yeah I really did yeah I feel very strongly about it like and there was like all this um information about like the acid like how they do that in the river like that is was something that I learned about in school I'm like oh I remembered that and I was like oh and I remember like it brought back memories of like you know different classes that I used to have like different science classes and I'm like it was kind of like nostalgic in a way too which was really (laughs) nice yeah of learning and um because I used to do different camps you know where we would actually go into into different like it'd be like more like streams and like we'd 
kind of like see the fish and the wildlife. And they did talk to us a little bit about that, but it was something that I had forgotten. So I appreciated that in the story that um, they had that lesson um, in the river area. Yeah, so this book really deals with a lot of the issues of becoming like, you know, now she's in seventh grade, so she's a teenager already. And I feel like there is a bridge, like once you leave sixth grade, like becoming a seventh grader seems like such a big like responsibility. Like you feel like sometimes you have the whole world like on your shoulders. And there's definitely like a lot of conflict going through, you know, Haven, Haven's head during this time. And is that a theme um, that you like to explore? Like all your, in your middle grade books, you explore this theme. Like, how do you think that um, it's differently represented in this book in a different way, like that you haven't before written well, about? You know, my books, um, certainly my most recent books are all what I consider upper middle grade. So they're not, you know, for the eight-year-olds. They're not at the eight-year-old um, end of the middle grade spectrum they're they're more 10 11 12 even 13 year olds and a lot of these kids um do feel the way that you're saying that that they've leveled up in a way that suddenly feels like a burden it feels like they have a spotlight on them but they also and they're also you know as we were saying before so aware of the world they're so plugged in they they know all the stuff that's going on in the world and at the same time they're dealing with all of these um friendship issues and family issues um, that feel very destabilizing. So it's a very intense time in their lives. Um, and, you know, my, my most recent book before Haven Jacobs is, is Violets Are Blue, which is about a kid who um, is suddenly dealing with the fact that her mom has an opioid addiction. Before that, I wrote my Life in the Fish Tank, which is about a seventh grader whose older brother who's in college has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And that creates yeah. all kinds of disruption in the family. My book before that was um, Maybe He Dislikes You, which is really my best known book. And that's about a seventh grade girl who's dealing with sexual harassment in her middle school. So, you know, all of these books are about relationships that have suddenly changed very dramatically for the main character and in a lot of these stories the main character feels as if she has all the burden um, of these changes on her own shoulders and she doesn't know how to deal with it she wants to be a good family member she wants to be a good friend but it seems as if the rules have changed um, and she doesn't know who her real friends are who is a good ally, which adults she can trust. Um, and, you know, it's, it can be a really intense time in a, in a seventh grader's life. So it, it, it's good to write about these characters because there's so much drama, but I like to write about these characters mainly because I feel as if these are real things that real kids go through every day. And reading about kids going through these crises um, can really help kids understand themselves and understand other people, understand their friends. Um, you know, I think, I think it's really important that we give kids books that reflect 
the real experience that kids have and not sugarcoat them, you know, not, not hand them Beezus and Ramona <laughs> or, or some lovely book that, you know, we read when we were kids that we enjoyed necessarily. It doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily reflect the world that our kids now are living in. So, you know, I think it's important to explore issues in fiction that will help kids deal with their real lives. I think that everything you said is just so important and it like, you know, like pulls on my heartstrings because it's like, it's, it's so much needed because you really don't see books like this. Like what you, you know, what you write is so unique. And I think people need to sit down and read your books, you know, all ages, because, you know, we need to read books and there needs to be more books written about these topics because these shouldn't be terms that all of a sudden like adults or parents hear and then they're like, no, I don't want my child to read about this book because this is what's going on anyway. They're, you know, their child is most likely aware of these different things from what they've heard or from what they've seen online. And the more we repress things, kids are good researchers. They're going to do research themselves. And sometimes, you know, as an educator, you know, as a writer, you want to give children the right, you know, factual information too. So you don't want them delving into themselves without like, you know, someone that can kind of guide them, you know, and someone that they could, you know, you know, kind of trust. We need to like have more positive, you know, you know, like have books, you know, not necessarily all positive themes, you know, all the time, but that kids are able to, you know, just sit down and read about real things going on. And I think that that's so, so important and that people should read your book. Your well, newest you know, book and all your books. <laughs> there, there are a number of authors who write books like this. I'm not the only one. Right. And we are very careful to write about these topics in a way that is age appropriate. And that mm -hmm. also gives kids hope. You know, we right. don't want kids to feel despair. If they're reading about some tough topics. We don't want them to close the book and feel as if, you know, right. there's, there's no hope. So, you know, we work very hard to be on the one hand, realistic, on the other hand, age appropriate and hopeful. It's not an easy balance, but, you know, a number of us are, are, are doing it book after book. And, and it's really important for adults not to shy away from these books and, or snatch these books out of kids' hands and, and, you know, decide without reading the book that it's not appropriate for their kid. If, if they have a question about the way an author approaches the topic, I beg them to read the book first before right. snatching it away. That's always a good idea that I tell, you know, parents, like if there's, you know, something in the book that you're concerned about, you know, maybe read through it and see then if it's appropriate for your child. If not, then, you know, you can wait or they can choose not to, you know, share it with their child. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's often the case that if a kid wants to read a book, they will find the book. You oh, know. yes, they'll still find, they'll, <laughs> they'll still get, find. A, they'll find a way to get the book. Um, or they may read stuff that's inappropriate. They may think, right. okay, well, I have to sneak these, these books because my mom doesn't want me to read them. I'm going to go into the YA section and read something right. really inappropriate. Right. You know? No, it's good. It's important that we have these books, 
you know, that are the bridge, you know, to the middle grade is so, you know, so well, I, you know, such love to me, like the bridge between childhood and adolescence. It's, exactly. It's so, yeah. So, so important. Did you have an author that inspired you? Oh, I, you know, there were a number of authors that inspired me. Um, you know, one book that I loved when I was growing up was um, Harriet the Spy, who was really mm. in a lot of ways, the kind of imperfect, smart, sensitive character who makes a lot of bad choices <laughs> that I write about today. Um, of course, Judy Bloom was really important to me growing up, you know, but I, I think it's really important to um, continue expanding what we consider um, the important novelists now and not just not just trot out, you know, our own favorites from when we were kids. So, mm -hmm. you know, I love people like Kimberly Brubaker Bradley, Erin and Trada Kelly. You know, these are people who um, Paula Chase. These are all authors who continue to inspire me now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing all um, your book and with us. And it was such an important book to read. And I really highly recommend like, you know, reading your other books too, um, having others read your books because these themes are so important. And the middle grade um, is such an important, um, you know, so important those books, the middle grade novels, you know, that bridge, um, that gap between children and adolescents. And I highly hope that everyone checks out Haven Jacobs Saves the Planet by Barbara D. And um, we are going to close this chapter on Turn the Page. Barbara, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, thank and you, you so too. much for your time. Thank you. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.